You're listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay, a podcast that empowers financial brand marketing, sales, and leadership teams to maximize their digital growth potential by generating 10 times more loans and deposits. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insights series, where James Robert Lay interviews the industry's top marketing, sales, and fintech leaders, sharing practical wisdom to exponentially elevate you and your team. Let's get into the show. Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 179th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series and I'm excited to welcome Chad Willardson to the show. Chad spent almost nine years as the Senior Vice President of Investments at Merrill Lynch before founding Pacific Capital in 2011. He is also the co-founder of Gravy Stack, an app and banking platform designed to empower parents to teach kids to be smart with money. And in 2021, Chad wrote Smart Not Spoiled, which became an Amazon number one bestseller and is exactly what we're going to talk about today as I'm a big believer in empowering the next generation for financial success brings a tremendous growth opportunity for financial brands to capture today. Welcome to the show, Chad. It is so good to share time with you today, buddy. Grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Before we get into your book, Smart Not Spoiled, I always like to start things off on a positive note. What is good for you right now, personally or professionally? It's always your pick to get started. Life is great. First and foremost, I'm looking out the window and it's 87 degrees and sunny in uh, early March. So there's no complaints here in Southern California. Um, business is great. We, uh, we're growing exponentially right now and, and adding a lot of great people to our team. Personally, I would say one thing I'm excited about, my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's 17, she just got uh, signed and sponsored by Air Jordan and Nike for basketball, which is a really big deal. It just happened last week. So that's something that we're uh, super excited about. Unlimited Air Jordan and Nike stuff coming to the fam starting next week. So that is that is definitely something to be excited about. And it's interesting you say that because I am watching and I'm a little late to the game on this one. The Last Dance. Oh, yeah. um, I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, actually, we had canceled Netflix and then we got our subscription back to watch Cobra Kai. And then I was like, well, Everyone's been talking about this last dance and maybe it's worth 10 hours of my life. <laughs> it's brought back so many memories as a kid for me, you know, watching Jordan growing up and to kind of get just behind the scenes of that story. And I had just finished up the one talking about the sponsorship deal that he did with Nike. So, man, it's interesting yeah. to kind of bring that full circle with with where you're at uh, with with your daughter. So congratulations on that. I know an- you. another thing that, that you've been doing, too, and I had a, a great conversation with Scott back on episode 135 gravy stack um yeah how are things progressing there on 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 that front and and as we have many listeners from marketing sales leadership teams at banks credit unions fintech what have been some of the lessons that that you have learned on this journey of starting up a a fintech yeah so it's it's very exciting uh gravy stack is our our kind of our tagline motto is game learn earn much more than just a debit card for kids, better than allowance. We're helping kids have fun, earn money, and get ahead. And so it's, it is much more than a debit card for kids. We're really incorporating a lot of cool game 
features that, that will keep kids engaged. We've got an in-game currency called grit so they can earn grits, but it's also a chance for them to earn real money and become entrepreneurs and learn about what they're good at and how to, how to make money, how to manage money. So it's exciting. Our, our launch date is actually 529, not coincidentally, but 529, 2022. So we're just a couple months away from there. And Scott Donald and I have been working daily on um, developments, just getting feedback from parents and kids and teens and, and trying to work on making that experience uh, as kids log into the app as, as fun and engaging as possible. I think it's important the way that you frame that because I'm a big believer, you know, it's not just about um, managing money, but it's also about making money. I think that's a big, a huge gap that we have right now within quote unquote financial education, financial literacy, which we're going to talk about. And and, and that's where your book comes into play. Smart, not spoiled. It does connect back to the work that you're doing with, with gravy stack, as I mentioned in my opening comments. And I see a tremendous growth opportunity here for financial brands, for fintechs to create or capture by educating and empowering parents to educate their children to feel financially confident, to be financially successful. Why did you write this book in the first place? I wrote this book because number one, I have five kids. My wife and I have five kids and we understand how important it is to teach kids how to be smart, not spoiled. Everyone talks about how, well, kids today have all this stuff that we never had. And that's true. Technology has changed the game. And they also maybe don't have an appreciation for money because everything is digital. And so they don't see necessarily the dollars in and the dollars out. That's a great point. But that's not really their fault. And the schools aren't teaching money. So I felt like I had to put something out there as a father of five and as a financial expert, I had to put something out there that was geared towards promoting financial literacy and financial independence and helping that become more of a family conversation, something that people avoid talking about at the dinner table. I wanted to make it more normal. So that's, that's why I wrote the book. That's a great point to make it, I I would say, normalize some of these conversations, normalize these discussions. I I had uh, Jalair Grillo on, she works in the mortgage space, and we were talking about this idea, even just her own personal struggles financially. She has a financial coach. Uh, She works with the financial gym. And I think the more that we can facilitate these dialogues and discussions, the better off we're all going to be. Uh, I have a tremendous amount of, of conversations with financial brands, banks, credit unions around the world uh, when it comes to looking for growth opportunities. They asked me a lot of questions about future generations. Ten years ago, you know, the big the big buzz was millennials, but millennials, they're now all grown up. And and then now it's Gen Z. If we look ahead to in the future, it's going to be Gen what some are calling Gen C, uh, Generation COVID. What do you see? And you touched on this, but maybe we can dive a little bit deeper. What do you see as some of the greatest threats for future generations when it comes to financial success when it comes to feeling financially confident? I think it's, it's having a base foundation. Uh, most, most of these kids graduate high school not knowing anything about investing or debt or savings or compound interest or financial planning. You know, they can graduate high school and know about dissecting a frog or what are the inner parts of a cell, and yet they have no clue about taxes. And yet, they're going to be filing taxes after they get their first paycheck and their first job out of high school. And so, there's just a lot missing. And I think that the more we move towards digital currency, it's even less tangible. So these kids need a base foundation. They, they're not 
you know, it's like when you go on a Disney cruise or let's say you're at a casino or you're at a, a an amusement park, you're using, let's say, a membership card or a token or a wristband to pay for things. And it's a proven fact that when you're, when you're not using actual currency, you're using a substitute like a token, a chip or a, a card, you're you're more likely to spend a lot more because it just doesn't seem real to you. You don't feel the, the spending effect. And so with that being the movement towards this digital uh, age of, you know, spending and consuming kids, see you punch something in on your phone and then there's boxes on the porch the next day. Yeah. So they don't see the reality of money and how it works. And if they don't know how it works, how are they ever going to really manage it or earn it? That's a great point. It's it's almost like we have to figure out a way to make the intangible of digital tangible again. Right. Um, because when you think about like you know transforming behaviors, I look at four different stages. People have to see things differently so that they can begin to think differently. But just because you think differently doesn't mean that you're going to act differently. There's the feeling and the emotion that bridges the gap between the the, the thinking and the action. You know, even looking at some research, more than half of Gen Z and millennials are investing in crypto. Uh, as, mm-hmm. and, and so there's that intangible piece. Once again, right. you're solving some of this problem, you know, through the work that you're doing with, with gravy stack, but I'd like to get your take. Where might there be opportunities for incumbents like banks, credit unions, maybe even other fintechs to address some of these threats here? How do we begin to solve some of these problems that are going to, I think, have some pretty big implications for us culturally, societally? I mean, we already know 85% of Americans feel some financial stress. Right. Is that going to grow in the years to come? And what can we do about it? Yeah, I think there are a lot of different answers to that question, but I would say the the challenges we face as a society financially is that we're overloaded with information and it's it's difficult to sift through what matters to me and what doesn't matter to me. So a family reading the financial news is bombarded with things most likely to be afraid of. Fear-based. So operating out of a space of fear is very challenging. It's hard to be successful when you're afraid that the world is going to collapse every time you wake up. So I think one, one thing is where do I get my information from when it comes to financial things? And do I have a base foundation? Do I have, do I understand where money comes from? Do I have any sense of where I'm headed financially? I think that's important. People that people just have no idea. Hmm. And so it's not their fault. They're not experts, but they, they don't know where they're headed. If I continue doing the things I'm doing today financially, where am I going to be in 10 years and 20 years? And the sooner that banks, credit unions, or fintech companies can reach and teach people, the sooner they can get that process and that foundation in, the, the more successful these people and kids will be in the future. It's interesting, and I've never really had this thought before, but the negative news cycle, it kind of creates that fear-based behavior, that scarcity mindset, there's an opportunity, I think, to maybe even transform some of that. You mentioned financial literacy, financial education. Another opportunity that I'm seeing is really building in financial coaching. As I mentioned before, you have the financial gym out of New York who's starting to do some of that, but building this into the actual operational model to to put the transformation of people's lives over just a commoditized transaction of dollars and cents. Where's... 
can maybe expand upon that thought from your mind? Yeah, I think that it's easy to make money as a financial firm, a bank or whatever, just having transactions and debit cards and credit cards and things like that. But if, if you actually engaged in the teaching and coaching process and helped people answer the questions that they have no one else to go to, you know, our clients at Pacific Capital, that's a different class of people. These are people with significant means and wealth and resources, but the average person out there doesn't have a financial advisor, a financial coach. And so as a bank or credit union, if you can offer, if you can offer some kind of personalized coaching on the main issues that your customers have, and maybe just be that, that sounding board for big decisions they have. I think that's something that would really make a difference rather than, like you said, just transactionally working with customers, yeah, but actually becoming partners in their financial success in some way. Well, I see, I see a lot of opportunity even to create some income, new income streams through True. programs like this. Cause I know a lot are, they're freaking out about the whole idea of overdraft protection and what's yep. moving in that space. And if we lose that income, then what can we replace it with? This to me is one of those, it's like low hanging fruit, but it's a matter of transforming the mindset within the organization to think once again, beyond the transaction, a lot of, a lot of financial brands too, I think are, are held back, you know, when it comes to educating and empowering future generations because, oh, well, that's a problem that we'll have to deal with in the future. But I look at this as more of like, and, and both of us are in strategic coach with Dan Sullivan, who's been a guest on the podcast as well. I, it's a free zone opportunity because if we can go in and identify, and this is where some data and analytics come into play, how many of our account holders are parents? Okay, well, yep. then we can segment that list. Those parents have kids. Those right. kids are future accounts. And we know we see an exodus, particularly at like a community level, a community bank or a community credit union, they tend to go either on, they're going down the FinTech route, the crypto route, they're going into the, you know, the big nationals. Where's there the opportunity to do a, almost a free zone of empowering parents to empower kids? Because as you noted in your book, 75% of parents think providing financial guidance for their kids is part of a duty as a parent, but only 36% have clarity on how to do that. Put that another way, 64% of parents probably feel confused, frustrated, or overwhelmed when it comes to you know, just talking to kids about money. How did we end up here? I think it's just, it's become less and less common to talk about it. And I, I think maybe it just, came from the confusing financial world that we're in mm. uh, with so many different sources out there. So much different things going on. You've got the markets all over the place. You've got DeFi, you've got NFTs and crypto, which oh, yeah. a lot of people don't, <laughs> are not sure what that even is. And so it's like, there's so much out there and it's accelerating at such a fast pace that I think a lot of people just kind of have thrown in the towel. It's like, I'm just trying to get by and I'm not really sure what I should teach my kids because I don't have it all figured out myself anyways. So that, that really is why I wrote the book and why I also created the free zone and joined with Scott, you know, me, me bringing financial content and him bringing the tech visionary expertise. And that's why I think gravy stack will be a big success. Digital growth is a journey from good to great, but sometimes this journey can feel confusing, frustrating, and overwhelming. 
The good news is you don't have to take this journey alone because now you can join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs who are all learning, collaborating, and growing together. Visit digitalgrowth.com insider to learn more about how you can join the Digital Growth Insider community to maximize your future digital growth potential. Now, back to the show. Yes, and I think that idea of the, the collaboration, I've spoken about it, you know, time and time again on this podcast, it's where one plus one has the potential to equal 11. In the book, you share seven money skills that kids must master before leaving the nest. And as a parent, you know, with four kids of my own, I'm like, this is this is beautiful. This is so well laid out. It's so easy to understand. And and we were already having conversations around, for example, making money, like entrepreneurship. My my nine-year-old daughter, she's just a hustler. She's always looking for ways to make money, even my oldest son. And and it's funny because even with with the co- the books that we get from Strategic Coach, I've made a deal with my kids. I'm like, particularly my two oldest who are are nine and 11, about to be 10 and 12, read a book, do a report, and then present that to me and you can earn $5. And um, it's the conversations that have transpired from that have been phenomenal. Uh, But if we come back to these seven money skills that kids must master before leaving the nest, what is one that you would recommend the dear listener to who comes from a bank, a credit union or a FinTech and they have kids, what would be the one that you would say, start here, focus in on this? What would that be? If you could just pick one. It's a tough question to answer, but I would say that uh, invest early and often. I think helping kids get and gain investment experience as teenagers is extremely important. So it's not a brand new concept. Learning, you know, investing is just delayed spending. Yes. It's just a gratification. So if, can we teach, can we teach and train people at a young age to become smart investors and have them make small mistakes when the money is small and not wait till they're almost retiring to make those big mistakes when the money is big. Um, I think banks and credit unions would do great to have programs of maybe video programs or things to engage kids in investing that could help them have a little brand loyalty so that these kids say, I want to bank with such and such company because they're the ones who helped me learn about investing and get excited about it. You know, there's a lot of opportunities there to really incentivize that, that kind of a learning process for these young people, but teaching them to invest early and often is going to pay the the biggest dividends in the long run. What about learning to earn, which is what you noted in chapter five, where might there be opportunities there to facilitate some of this at a local level? I I see almost for lack of a better word, shark tank like scenarios of uh, to to really facilitate entrepreneurship. And and, and, and I'm going to tell you why I was just doing a career day for our oldest at his school and I got invited to come and speak to like 96 graders four classes. And I ask, you know, what's entrepreneurship just to open it up. Like, and maybe, maybe one, maybe two in the entire class of around 25, 30 kids, they had an idea of what it was. And the remaining, I'm like, let's talk about this. And it's like, everyone left energized and excited. They were going to go out and start lemonade stands and, you know, hawk jewelry to their friends at school, you know, that they'd be making at home. 
where's there the opportunity there? I think once again, coming back to a local back to your point, brand loyalty to facilitate some of this at an early age, working with high schools uh, to maybe bring entrepreneurship into the fold. I think there has to be partnerships in the community with, with local schools and local kids organizations to where you're facilitating those opportunities, giving them ideas, maybe even offering mentorships and coaching, maybe writing up resources and, and saying, basically, if you're interested, this is, these are some of the things that we suggest or we've seen young people do to be successful. That's something that we're I've learned to earn is important because it's one thing to manage money, but where does it come from and how do you get it? So teaching, teaching young people to be valuable, to find their sweet spot, find what they're excited about that also people are willing to pay for Hmm. and then helping them actually go out there and learn by doing, I think that's critical. It also might be kind of like a local free zone frontier play as well, because now you, you, you're working with the schools, not just for financial education, not just for financial literacy, but then you can also bring in local businesses as well, to your point on mentorship, uh, particularly like the SMB. And we know how critical the local community bank or credit union was during the whole COVID crisis. They were the ones right. who stepped up. They were the ones who provided the PPP. Um, I think that might be be an opportunity as well to do some more local collaboration and it all everyone would win it's like a win 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 uh, for for everyone as you look ahead towards the future of we'll just call financial services banking what are you feeling most hopeful and excited about personally as i look forward i think i'm most excited about just the the way that things have become accessible to everyone People can learn so much and there's so much access to investment opportunities. I, I think everything has become brought down to the average family that they can afford some kind of investment opportunity or financial literacy. I mean, you can learn a lot on YouTube even. Yeah. When I started at Merrill Lynch uh, almost 20 years ago, you know, people had to call us to get stock prices. Like they couldn't even look up stocks. So they would call us to get stock prices and we would place stock trades for them on the stock exchange. And it's now, you know, a kid can open up a Roth IRA and begin investing in all kinds of different things that they've studied about and learned about on their own. So I think the information wave has really opened up. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to it, but I'm excited about the fact that there's just so, there's so many resources out there now that weren't there 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we, we look at what, what Peter Diamandis writes about how everything, you know, gets digitized and then it gets democratized and then demonetized. And we're seeing that with like the decentralization. But, but I feel like what you're, you're tapping into here is almost demystification. We have to demystify all of these things that have historically been very complex uh, to make, these ideas very simple and you've done such a fantastic job of doing this in smart not spoiled as we begin to wrap up and this has been a great conversation what is one simple thing very practical that a financial brand a bank credit union fintech could do when it comes to educating and empowering their account holders particularly parents to educate and empower their kids to be smart and not spoiled? What's one small thing, one small step that they can take going forward? Give parents 
specific conversation topics that they can have with kids. We want to make family conversations about money healthy and consistent. And so I would say providing your account holders and your parents that you're working with, here are a list of things that you can talk about with kids about money. And, you know, here's what, here's what we recommend. Here's some resources, websites, videos, whatever you might want to take your family to, but here are topics that you should start teaching them at a young age. And I think just giving them the resources, it's, it's hard to know what to talk about as a parent and giving them ideas, sourcing those ideas is, is going to be very beneficial and create some brand loyalty for sure. So a little bit of curation, a little bit of collaboration. I even, I'm going to build upon this idea. I I have seen, and I've worked with a couple of financial brands that have built programs around thinking like this that are facilitating more of peer group dialogue and discussion that they then leave and then they talk at home and then they come back and then they're like, what, what, what happened? What, what came out? What would maybe be a great talking point or discussion opener as a parent to bring back in and have a conversation, say around the dinner table, maybe even just family budgeting, Mm. talking about the bills of the house. You know, what is, what does it cost to, to do live the way we live? You know, maybe you don't want to share your income stuff with your kids yet. That's fine. But you could talk about how much we spent on groceries, how much we spend on the light bill, the electricity, the, you know, the AC, the gas, the rent, the mortgage, whatever it might be. But I think having a conversation so the kids can appreciate what, what we're paying to live the life that we live. I think it, it goes over their heads and they don't understand, but I think that's something that we can start to have a conversation about. I remember my first job, one of my very first jobs was at old Navy and I was making, I think like $6 and 10 cents an hour. I was like 18 years old and I'm having some of those conversations with my kids, like for example, groceries, um, or going out to dinner, like right. it would take this many hours to, right pay for this meal right here. And like, that's where like light bulbs start to go off. It's like, ah, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to understand. Right. And the other thing too, that, that we have done as a family, and I think it comes back to a point you were making before about scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And my kids will call me out on this. If I don't ask them this one question at dinner now, they're like, dad, dad, are you going to ask me what went, what what was good for me today at school? And I'm like, Oh yeah. So tell me what was good for you. It's like, they, they just, it's, it's, everyone goes around and they talk about like, you know, what was good about their day. And it really just, it's a, it's a great conversation that I think, you know, it's not hard. It's just one that we have to commit to make going forward. Cause even to the point in your book, and as I've shared on stage many times before, it's far easier for parents, even for couples to talk about sex than it is to talk about money. And I'm right there with you. I want to normalize this because once we start talking, we can bring some new awareness going forward into the future. And back to your point on tools and resources, smart, not spoiled, the seven money skills kids must master before leaving the nest is a great resource to facilitate that. Where can someone grab the book who is listening? Where can they go to get this? Best place, honestly, is just Amazon. Uh, all formats. We got the audio book, the Kindle, the ebook, the, the hardcover, and the soft copy. So Amazon's the best spot. Get the book. 
have great conversations. And speaking of conversations, this has been a good one, Chad. What is someone, what is some way that someone can continue the conversation with you going forward? Just to connect with you, reach out. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you can look me up, Chad Willardson on LinkedIn and follow there. And then uh, pacificcapital.com is my main main business page. So those are the two places you can find me. Connect with Chad, learn from Chad and Chad, you are always sharing good insight on LinkedIn. I can attest for that. So, so connect with him for sure. Chad, thanks for joining me for another episode of banking on digital growth. This has been a lot of fun today, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on as always. And until next time, be well, do good and make your bed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay. To get even more practical and proven insights along with coaching and guidance, visit digitalgrowth.com insider to join a community of growth-minded marketing and sales leaders from financial brands and fintechs. Until next time, be well and do good.